Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey. She's for the Unrolls Board and this is Inside Exec. Now today we're going to talk about the future. We're going to look into our crystal ball and look at what we'll be doing and how we'll be working and we might set it at just 10 years time so that it's something that we can all think about. Now Fuliana's worried about her cognitive abilities so that in 10 years time she's hoping that she can have some implants or some pill she can take that will keep her talking. She was very concerned that she didn't really know what we were going to talk about in this particular podcast, but she was quite happy that if I felt that she was straying from the topic, I would just change the title of the podcast and it would be whatever she talks about. So if you feel that she's not really on topic today, that's probably because she's thinking about something else. We don't know what it is, but she'll tell us, I'm sure, at some point during the conversation. What sparked the idea of talking about it is that for some time I have been following the research and, and been aware of changes in the way we all work and because I work quite independently I suppose I'm at the forefront of knowing about this particular area and knowing in terms of technology I'm very exposed to emerging technology and so I would be quite comfortable with the idea that in 10 years time I would think that less than 5% of the population will have what we consider full-time jobs these days. That there will be a whole change in the way work is done, the way all sorts of activities are done. And often I get told when something isn't working well enough, uh, my partner's comment is, well, you know, in 10 years' time that person won't have a job. It'll be done by a machine. It'll be done by a program. It'll be done by an app. He's quite clear about the changes that are going to happen. I am at the present time reading a book that was written in 1910 that is called How to Live on 24 Hours. And the basis of it is that Everything else we have, we, we can control the resources, but time is the one thing that we can't control in terms of getting more of that resource, that we are given 24 hours in a day and we have to live on that 24 hours. So it's different to a financial. His, his comparison is to a financial amount of money. So it's not how to live on 2,400 a day, it's how to live on 24 hours. And it's fascinating to read the book because... This was written over a hundred years ago and absolutely everything that I read up to this point could have been written today. Everything that he's expressing about how people feel about their work, their jobs, their passion, their interests, it's all relevant today. So our conversation today is going to be about time, time management and looking into the future how we will be managing what we do in 10 years time. You can speak now. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to ignore all the introduction stuff about dementia and, and all of that because I forgot it. <laughs> now, I, I really do believe that it is exciting the way that, you know, there's lots of information about what the future might look like. Some people done um, international studies. There's books written about living an extra 30 years, etc., etc. I, I think it's exciting because the structure would be self-applied rather than we do it because you left school, you went to work, and the work was almost work for life and stayed in the same company. We know that's already changed. We know that that hasn't happened for a number of years. So most time, two to three years, three to five years, and then you move on. Now, if you're looking at a possible scenario of 
very few people will have full-time jobs. That's very exciting because then you can be, instead of being dedicated to one thing, you can use all aspects of your learning and skills as you grow and learn. So you can participate in corporate sort of work, you can participate in the entertainment world, you can participate in whatever you feel you have grown towards because you might start off being wanting to be in the medical profession and then you all of a sudden you want to be in law and all of a sudden you want to do something else, you can do that. The managing how you split that time and how you would a, do this what I call branching off into different areas would be very much a self-discipline thing. The advantages are great but the, the concerns could be that you just jump from one thing to another because you haven't got a structure and achieved none of it. And this way underutilize your ability rather than that. Having said that, I also believe technology, and back to Kim's point about you get a program to do that and a machine to do that, that would be perfect. You use that to advantage. You can then use that to say, well, right now, at this point in time, I want to dedicate the next three months or year, whatever, to write a book. Tomorrow, I think I'll like to be in the education space where I share my experience and, and so on and so forth. And you, you can try it. And if it doesn't work, it's not the end because the world around you have changed. But it's how you apply it to yourself. And I know from talking to people who went from working all their life in the corporate world and now I'll use the word retired loosely, they're very uncomfortable, they're very anxious about the fact that they don't have a structure that takes them from getting up at the crack of dawn to working late at night and being in demand all the time. Because they haven't been trained, yes. they haven't been educated to do that and I mm -hmm. think this is the greatest failing that we have yes. because we should be doing that now. We should, yes. be, sh we should be showing people how they can determine that sort of path, that sort of framework. It's about financial planning, it's about time management, it's about skills development, uh, skills sharing. It's, it's a whole, so many things that need to come into it for people to be able to have that ability to set the structure for themselves that we, we're not addressing. And periodically we'll, there'll be talk about, well, this is going to happen. We only have to look at the way that as a very basic example, outsourcing organisations came into being because there was a, a whole slew of retrenchments that happened yeah. and people didn't know what to do. Mm. They didn't know how to address the issue. They didn't know how to apply for jobs because they'd never had to do that in the past. You know, some of them had never applied for a job. They were on the manufacturing side of things. They'd gone into it from school. They'd never written a resume, and, and on their resume now it's got somewhere that, that's closed down. So yeah. what happens to the way they look at themselves and the way they reorganise themselves and adjust themselves? And yes, some people can come out of those situations and, and shine, yeah. but the vast majority of people need help. And it is our responsibility as being part of the business community yeah. to provide that structure now so that these resources are available for us in the future because we're not talking about machines taking over and no one having a job and nothing needing to be done. Yeah. There will be different jobs. There will be other activities that need to be done and jobs that we can't even think of now.
that will be there that need to be done. And so we, we have to have those conversations, we have to have those think tanks, we have to, have to prepare people for that transition. It's the same as these at the moment, if you look in the moment now, we don't prepare people for what is called retirement other than send them off to a financial planner so they'll have enough money to be retired. What does that yeah. mean? Yeah. You know, it means something different for everybody. We conditioned people to thinking that they had to work for 30, 40, 50 years for their mark in society and then their, their big step was to be retired. To do nothing. And to do well, but you know, some people had a plan for retirement, yeah. said we're going to do this, going to do this, going to do this, and they were structured about it. But that sometimes was not the reward they thought it was going to be. It wasn't as fulfilling as they thought it was going to be. And the biggest issue I see is that it didn't give them an identity afterwards. So, you know, people who, who have worked for a long, long time in a particular role, a particular job, that's how they see themselves. That's what they see themselves as. And when they're not that anymore, they don't know what they are and there's no one to tell them what they are. They're, they're at a stage in their life where people expect them to know who they are, what they, they're doing, and, and there's no help for them. It's why we saw the emergence of men's sheds, yes. I believe, and it's why we see still an increasing amount of depression and suicide, particularly in men. Because that contribution to the community and being recognised um, is, is not there. Mm. The good news is, is that there are people coming up with ideas to do that. I, I don't want to say what and where yet, but there definitely isn't some people looking to invent all these things that we're talking about by the people who are going through the experience now. So mm. when you think about the number of people who are leaving the full-time environment, they all different and they all respond differently. Some will identity related, some will think, oh beauty, I can now do what I want and, mm. and they do do it. Bring them together through, I know an organisation has been set up at the moment, but they're going to bring those ideas together and build something from there. What I like about it, it's by the people for the group, it's by that group for the group and to help the future people, as long as we keep reminding ourselves the change is continuous and what we think will work for now for the next 10 years will be different again and again and again. And for me, I think that's exciting. I hate the same repetition. I think too that we need to be mindful of the transition into doing the things that, that we really want to do. Let's say we've worked in a, a task-oriented position for a long time and we've always felt that we wanted to do something else. Yeah, that was our, our real interest. That's where we, we wanted to see how good we were to, to explore that avenue. But it was always on the wish list and so we, we never had the resources, the time, the finances, the permission to do it. And the permission is the thing that concerns me most about that transition is now that you've got all this time and you can do that, yes. you have to give yourself permission to say this is the most important thing that you should be doing. Not that I can do it now yes. because you could always have done it, yes. but you have permission to think of this as the most important thing. And on a personal note, I can tell you that that's very hard to do. Over the last probably five years, I've had more opportunity to pursue the floral art side of things than I had previously. 
it has been incredibly difficult for me to give myself permission to say that this is an important task, this should be the main task that I'm doing. And even now, I am preparing for uh, an international competition in about three months' time, and I won't let myself work on the design until the end of the day. And, and then I'll stop myself and think, why are you doing right. that? Yeah. You're allowed to do this whenever you like because you'll do all the other stuff whenever you like. Yeah. So why, why not do it in the light of day when you can think clearly and, and have, just have a day that you do that? You're allowed. You're the one that's in control. It's very hard to do. And I acknowledge that it's very hard to do and I think that's something that we always need to be working on. I think it's like giving yourself permission but also in recognising you are actually okay to have fun and to experiment as well because we've been conditioned to be you know industrious we conditioned to not waste time we conditioned again that structure to me sometimes when or certainly been my experience when you don't have the structure you're coming up with something even more fulfilling and innovative and again to to say oh i'm enjoying that and Obviously, you have to have the safety net around you on the financial side and all of that. And those things are important. You can't just think, oh, well, I'll just go with the flow and let everything fall apart. Obviously, there's certain things, but you've got to give that to yourself and say, what do I have to do now? Most time, a certain age, the financial things are settled down and so it is enough to keep them going to pursue how they want to have a fulfilled contribution. But do we do we ever allow ourselves to acknowledge that? Or do we always say, Oh, we just better be careful, we just you know, yeah. what if this happens, what if that happens? And we spend so much time worrying about the what ifs that we lose the moment, we lose our our, our spending out living on our twenty four hours. Yes. We lose out the time we could have spent, and that's the same when you're giving yourself permission. You worry so much about giving yourself permission, and spend so much time thinking about it that the time that you could have given to either of the tasks that you were doing yes. is gone. I agree, and I I think it, it is that. And but once you do a little bit, it almost gives you courage. Like I did that, and yeah. I liked it, or I didn't like it. And I decided to pursue it further or not to pursue it. Once you do it once, you kind of get that strength. I think it's probably the right time for us also to remind people that if you're in a, in a situation where you have pursued something that you thought you always wanted to do and it's not as fulfilling yeah. or it's not as rewarding or it's, it's changed from yes. the perception you had, that it is okay to, start, to stop. Yes. And it's okay to say, no, this is not what I thought, and move on. Don't dwell on it. Don't say, oh, I spent all that time thinking about joining the circus and now they don't yeah. have animals in them anymore. Yeah. You know, so that's the end of it. I, I, I can't pursue my life stream because there's no more animals in the circus. Yeah. Uh, I think that you always need to be looking out for the next thing and do something that you would never have considered before. You know, I'm learning yeah. Italian at the moment for mm. no other reason than... There was an app, and I thought, oh, well, I can do that. You know, it's only five minutes a day. And I, I don't know that I'll ever use it, but I'm finding it quite Enjoying intriguing. It. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's frustrating at times mm -hmm. because it's a, an app that actually makes you spell and write the language as well Good. as speak it. Yeah, so, yeah, trying something new. I'll say, si spiacente, which is, yes, sorry. Very good. To me, again, that's the exciting bit is you, you have the opportunity 
to try things that you always thought you liked to try and some new things that you all of a sudden discover? Mm. Well, I think we probably successfully strayed off time management completely, but we did talk about using the time resource and, and I think that it's a topic that we will come back to time and again because it is an emerging area of interest for all of us. And I think we might even find guests to talk about that their experience of what they're doing in that space as well. Yes, from all, yeah. all stages of the yeah. working spectrum. For now, I'm Kimberly, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.